With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. After another mammoth weekend, the season is well and truly underway, Adam. We had plenty going on at the weekend and we've got tons more to come later this month. But, so, but where do you want to start? Where do you, tell, you tell me this. Well, week. I think the where highlight of the weekend, without any shadow of a doubt, is a man that has presented this show with yourself on several occasions. He's been in, he's done his thing. He is a man that uh, we're getting a bit of kudos for as well on social media. Did you notice that quite a lot of yep. fight disciples were tweeting us going, thanks for the heads up on Darren Till. Now yep. I can say that I was there right at the start of the bandwagon rather than joining the bandwagon later on. Yeah, we, you know what I mean? We'll brush the shoulders off for that one. Nice one. Exactly. I think that's where we start, mate. He looked great, didn't he? He looked absolutely brilliant. And then he got nice and political at the end as well, which we like. Mm. You know, crossing over boundaries. And then he called out someone above him. Yeah. Called out someone above him, Rankins. And for me, that's what this game is all about. Taking your opportunities when they come your way with your fist, and then when someone puts a microphone in your hand or in your face, you call out someone ranked above you. That's how you do business. Mm. That's how you move on in this sport. We're obviously referring to uh, the man in the UFC welterweight. Just give us a little bit of background on him, because there'll be people that are listening to the show that maybe uh, participate in Fight Disciples and our Radio City talk show, mainly for the boxing stuff, but this is a kid that's making big noises in the world of UFC. Of course, if you only casually follow UFC, you might have only ever heard of Conor McGregor or uh, Michael Bispin yep. uh, from these shows. But there's a kid from Liverpool really making some noise in the welterweight division, and he's and he's done it quite quickly as well. He has, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's 16 fights undefeated now, not in the UFC, obviously, but uh, you know throughout his entire career, he's now four fights undefeated in the UFC. How rare is that, undefeated man? Come on, let's... In, in mixed martial arts, it's incredible. You know, it's incredible. What do you say? Mixed martial arts, it's the old adage. You know, records are for DJs because you know there's famously uh, Matt Hughes, the former welterweight champion of the UFC would say if you're undefeated in mixed martial arts you're fighting the wrong people and that used to be the case because there was so many facets and so many ways to lose mm. obviously in 2017 the sports moved forward people competing in the sport now are so well more rounded than what they were 10 years ago hence the reason why Darren Till is able to run up a you know a, a, 16, a 16 fight undefeated record but it was remarkable in Rotterdam at the weekend there's backstory if you don't know originally from Walton uh, grew up as a Thai boxer, travelled all over the world as a Thai boxer as a teenager, then transitioned into mixed martial arts, trained out of the Cowbon Club in Wavertree under head coach Colin Heron, um, spent a couple of years living, I think it was, I think he was almost four years, living in Brazil. He moved over to Brazil, got a partner over here, got a daughter in Brazil and everything else, learned to speak Portuguese. Speaks obviously. the lingo. Speaks the lingo, exactly. Back in Liverpool now, though, moved back to Liverpool at the start of this year. And so far in 2017, he's racked up two wins back inside the UFC octagon. And 2018, for me, is going to be massive for Darren Till. Mm. We need one, don't we, really? Because if you yeah. listen to our Thursday show, uh, where we concentrate on the UFC, we've been uh, talking quite a lot recently about those new, firstly, British stars coming through, and secondly, big pay-per-view stars. Obviously, with Connor doing what he's doing at this moment in time, there isn't that guy there. And obviously, with John Jones, who we tipped to be the next one, mm -hmm. uh, with him having, let's just say, problems outside the octagon, um, they are looking for something to get excited about. And it's nice when you look on social media after a Darren Till performance, a British kid's performance, and you see the American journalists, the guys that are really renowned in this particular field, starting to talk about our guy, starting to say, really like his stuff outside the, of the ring when he's, when he's giving his post-fight interviews, like what he's doing inside the octagon. Even the Yanks are getting excited about our man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously that's where the money is. Uh, the beauty of Darren as well is, as we say, he speaks fluent Portuguese. He, he spent most of his mixed martial arts career fighting in Brazil as well. So he crosses over. He can compete in South America as well. And that's so important. You know, he's not pigeonholed to just the European markets, which so many European fighters are. They tend to have to wait for the UFC to come to Europe before they get any action. Yeah. It's tough to get fights over in the US or certainly 
uh, in South America. But Darren's got that opportunity because he can sell himself, he can market himself as a Brazilian fighter as well because he spends so much time and his daughter lives there and everything else. So he's in a very curious position now where his career is is really on a knife edge in terms of which direction he goes in. That I think with the UFC is you know I think a lot of guys and we've spoken about this before. People get to the UFC and and the way that, the model of the UFC is not like boxing. The model of the UFC is more like think NFL, think uh, you know the NBA basketball. There is other basketball leagues, but the NBA is the best basketball league. Likewise, there is other American football leagues and other and, and, and things like that, like the Canadian league and whatever. But the NFL is the NFL. That's the pinnacle, and that's kind of what UFC is for mixed martial. Mm. And a lot of fighters, when they get signed by the UFC, they think they've made it, and they're quite happy to be there. And they and they to participate. Yeah, they they like wow, I'm in the UFC. I'm going to stay here as long as I can, make as much money as I can, and for the rest of my life, I will always be. Oh, there's such and such. He once fought in the UFC, and that's like a barometer on their career. Mm. And so many fighters, especially from these shores, have that as a goal. That is not Darren Till's goal. Darren Till's goal is not only to become the welterweight champion in the UFC or the middleweight champion in the UFC or even the light heavyweight champion in the UFC. He wants to go down as an all-time great. And these are the things he's saying, not only to us when he was on this show and to this city, but he's putting it out to the universe because he's saying it in Rotterdam in his post-fight show in Brazil. Anyone that speaks to him will say the same thing. This is what Darren Till's narrative is. This is what he is. He wants to go down as one of the greatest fighters of all time. Well, let's see if he's up. Let's see if we can get him on the show and have a little bit of a chat. You enjoy your fight, Nick? Oh, mate, it was brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely man. brilliant. You look like you enjoyed it. Oh, mate, I did, you know, Nick. Honestly, I really did. The bit when you were on the floor, when he was hammer fisting you on the jaw and you were just shaking your head was class. I just, uh, it's, you know what, mate? He's a good fight, but I just felt like I just had his confidence took from before the fight started, mate. Yeah. You know, one of them. But uh, no one's really taking me out of first game, Nick. I know I should be getting these knockouts and that, but I'm having too much fun and they're not making me like... No one's giving me a crack on the chin, you know, to make me aggressive enough at the moment. Is that why you just stood there and let him whack you in the face to see if he could test you? Is that what it was? He, he, well, he, he hit me while we were on the ground, didn't he? So he didn't have, like... He wasn't able to give a proper punch, but, you know, like... Like, standing up. I'm not going to stand there and take a full whack in a four-ounce glove, if you get me. But someone... Someone needs to give me a full crack on the chin so I go, OK, Sam, I'm not going to get out now, but... <laughs> He didn't do that, you know what I mean? And like, I, I have fun when I'm in there, mate. Honestly, I really do. No, honestly, we didn't notice, man. Yeah, you can't tell you. Yeah. I noticed that, you know, stopping the fight to G, to G the crowd up. Yeah, I didn't notice. When you knocked him down, you could have finished him and instead just stood back and went, come on, stand up, come on. Everyone enjoying this? Everyone enjoying it? You know, mate, honestly, because like, you know, as I say, I'm the show stealer. I feel like I stole another show. Like I, I, I come out that arena yeah. with more fans than anyone else. You know what I mean, mate? We were just saying, we're just saying there in the show um, that there's noises now. I'm, I know they were there originally, but it's nice when we're obviously following your career, and then we get on social media afterwards, and all the American guys, you know what I mean, the people like Ariel Hawani yeah. and all yeah. those guys that are writing and, and making shows and doing TV shows and stuff. They're all mentioning Darren Till. Darren Till's the name that comes away from Rotterdam. That's that's basically yeah. what we took from that. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's true, mate, and uh, you know, not not discredit discrediting anyone on, on the bill, but we are, we are, yeah. we're, we're just going in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I, I, when when that happens, and then after it, I just I sit back and I'm like, yeah, I've done me work again. You know what I mean? And some people sometimes say you should have knocked them out and that, but. You know, I got another three rounds under the belt, mate. So um, that's another that's another big thing for me, mate. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you will learn from this, right? Because yeah. without any shadow of a doubt, it was fight of the night, yeah. Now, Definitely. there's got to be 50, 60 Gs coming your way, mate. But then when they announced the stuff at the end of the fit, I'm thinking maybe that's what it were. If you'd have finished him, you'd have got your, you'd have got your bonus, wouldn't you? Yeah, I know. I, I was Come on, you've got to think about that dollar, man. Come on, what's up with you? No, I know, you're right. I was definitely confident, like, backstage. And I think every other fighter was confident that the bonus was mine. But I think a little bit of politics maybe main event versus people. Yeah. It's going to give us through. But I definitely was fighting tonight. But, you know, mate, my next fight's definitely going to be a main carder. Yeah, you know, there's definitely a guaranteed bonus there. So I, I obviously, since my layoff, mate, I've had to work my way back up. You know, the prelims and that, which hasn't bothered me, mate. So no. you know, I know that my next fight's a main card fight. So you know, I was, what was your? What was? Your, I didn't make it out to Rotterdam, unfortunately. But what was your weight like? Everything all right? Oh, no, Comfortable? Or did you kill yourself? No, mate. You seen what I made? I made championship weight, mate. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it was just. It was one of them weight cuts that we just did. You know, the week of the fight and you see everyone moping around and we, we were there, mate, to just do business and I was more focused on the weight cut than the fight, to be honest, because, you know, I had a little bit of a thing to prove, didn't I? People of course, yeah, yeah. The weight and whatever, yeah. so 
the week of the fight, mate, you know, I was smashing me training. And then even like the day before when obviously we've got no food in us and whatever, and it's a hard graft, but I, I made me waiting. I was I was the first fighter anyway to make weight, you know, on the night. Yeah. On on the Thursday, because we weigh in on the Friday mm. night, don't we, early? So, you know, obviously all the fighters are down there together, we're all suffering, but I was like one of the first to walk out and be on weight. So I, I went to bed that night and, you know, I just chilled till the morning. I woke up on championship weight, mate. So, you know, that was that was a big statement to make. That to yeah, it was, yeah. Mm. Not just 171, but... A few fights away, I, I, I can make championship weight. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's two decisions now. First, is that the first time in your career you've had back to back decisions? It is, isn't it? So, are you feeling now <clears throat> under no pressure to get the finish? Are you feel like you know what? I'm enjoying it. I've had time out. I want to have these three rounds. You know, as Adam said, then it felt like you could have finished the fight in the third round and tried to and tried to pinch it. You know, a finish bonus, but it looked like you were more enjoying just being in there. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> It's weird to tell you. Yeah, you are weird. You're a sicko is basically what it is, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Just get it sorted. <laughs> no, it's like, it's one of them. I, people do love finishes, they really do. But then who doesn't love a, a three-round striking clinic as well, you know, with all that, like, fun and anticipation mm. and whatever. So, obviously, mate, I go in there and I really do love getting knockouts and whatever, but then I, I come away from a fight like that. I'm like, well, I'm not really bothered, but yeah, you know, there is always a little bit of pressure to knock, knock your opponent out and that's something in the gym that I'll work more, more on, you know, like getting that finish, putting them combinations together. Obviously, you all know I was come from a Thai background and with Thai, it's a bit different, mate. We, we sort of put one-shot combinations together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not many finish-ups. Like, we, we, we'll throw a kick and then we'll we'll stop and that. So, that's something I need to work on the collarbone. already spoke, you know, like putting combos together and that, but, I'm young, mate, aren't I? I've got a, I've got a lot to learn in yeah. MMA still. Yeah. You know, I'm still one of the youngest in 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 the UK. Like people say, always the biggest prospect, whatever. But a lot of these guys have been doing it a lot longer than me, mate. I haven't been in MMA that long. Do love a I do love a spinning elbow, mate. So cheers for that. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, do I love know. do love one of them. I've been here just a little bit more intelligent, a little more on to that, but. I, it, when I watched the video, it was a lovely elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he's come back and watched it and he's admiring yeah, his own yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? He's got it on loop on his phone, mate. Every t- he went out last night with his pals saying, hey, Boom, look at this, look check at this out. Look at this little video here. This is beautiful. I'm like, I've just been trying to say, hey, boys, you know who I am, mate? Have you seen this That's it. If the, I don't know, maybe the club's full, maybe one of your pals is a little bit too drunk and the doorman's going, sorry, lads, not tonight. Then you get the video out. He said, lads, yeah, just have a look at that. Have a look, Have a look, at, look at that, mate. This is this could be your future if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, to be honest, I was impressed with Boyan. I thought he was yeah, tough. He was good. He I thought he was it. a tough kid. He took some big shots, and then I'd seen. Obviously, he was from Elevation, and obviously, it's a good camp they've got there. Matt Brown's there, who's obviously a yeah. half man, half zombie anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, was, Boyan took some big hits. People, there's a lot of people out there in this welterweight division that won't be able to stand up to that kind of power. That elbow. Well, how did he come back from that elbow? Mm. Well, the, the thing the thing is as well, you got to look at Nick, but Boyan, he, he was a big well. Like him and, you, what was his last opponent called? Nico was Nico Mazzocchi, yeah. Them two were like two of the biggest welterweights in the division yep. along with me. So, you know, that does, it does count a lot, Nick, you know, when you are big for the division. So, yep. you get a guy like him, he's standing next to me and he's as big as me. In fact, you know, he, he was a bit more buff. So, things like that make a difference, mate. He was probably really heavy that night, so... Yeah, you gotta you gotta take your hat off. He's an adorable guy. I knew that coming in. I knew that it, you know he, he, he's a good, he trains hard. You know he knows what he wants. He's an intelligent guy. You know he speaks a few languages, and I knew that it, you know it wasn't going to be an easy fight. But I also knew that I just know. You know what I mean, mate? <laughs> I just know. Mm-hmm. But uh, in like respect to boy, and like he he, he 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 was good, mate. He really was. He was good. Like he, he tried his best, but he fell short. And I knew he he's had a go. He's a, <laughs> you know. It's like that. You sound right, like one of them primary school teachers. You know what I mean? When your kids finish third in the in the egg and spoon race or something, he's had a go, and he? he's he's know. tried his best. He's had a go. <laughs> he's had a go. I'm not trying to disrespect the guys. You know, what of I mean? course. As as a saying, when when I'm making statements, like I'm the greatest. You know, yeah, I've got I've got to back it up and. Mm. Whether it be a knockout or a three rounds or like that, I've got, I've got to back up my statement of being the greatest. Like, I could never say, oh, I'm the greatest, go in there and give a three round hugging contest, you know. Yeah. So, with statements like that, mate, you, the fans, they, they'll they'll crucify you for that. Yeah. They really will. And I, I haven't had, since my UFC career, I haven't had a lot of hate, hate mail or Twitter, whatever, because the fans really like me because they, they can see I'm, I'm just a young lad, confident, and I'm real, and there's nothing fake about me, you know, everything I say is what I think and what I do. Mm. 
confidence is the truth, man. The way you fight is just I could watch it all day. Mm. It's the yeah. it's the it's the way you approach the fight and obviously talking to him, shaking your head. Dan Hardy noticed in there as well during the commentary that you have that wide stance, of course, which allows your reactions to pull your head in and out just out of range. But uh, you know, it looked like Bo Yan's only success really was kicking that front leg. How's the front leg now? Is it in black and blue, or are you feeling all no, right? It's okay. It's, it's just one of them. It's, it's bruised and that. But the, the thing was, I'll mention to you, you like the first interview I've done it. That I, I was actually sometimes letting him kick me leg to bring him to a false sense of security. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. Sometimes he'd try and kick, and I'd swipe me leg away. Yeah. And I wouldn't give him the kick, and then sometimes he'd get it. And that was just, you know, he was talking to me and saying, "Is that hard?" And you know, I just wanted him to have that little bit of a false, false sense of security. Think that he was. Yeah, yeah. I think he was hurting you. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, my leg is hurting now, but. It, it was a little bit of a part of strategy of mine because I remember in the round I said to Cole, I'm letting him kick me leg and Cole went, I know what you're doing. Just, you know, be careful with it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, I, I kind of, that just proves that you're a psycho. There yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but you could hear it on commentary though as well, but Colin was saying, yeah, that's fine. Just put your weight over it. Just put your weight over yeah. that leg so it's nice yeah. and strong. Let him, yeah. and it's just like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's like yeah, sucking him in. He thinks yeah. he's having success. Yeah, it's it's good as well because it's you know you get some fighters they'll go away and they'll take a loss they they'll, they'll actually take a loss from and be like I can kick his leg and you know it, that that's good for me because then they can come into fights thinking we can kick legs and yeah. I've got so many tools to back up that leg kick you know from a counter yeah so it it's another thing for me and at the end of the day like, I'm only showing twenty percent at the moment in that in that cage as I told you no one's bringing the best out of me because you should only see me throw left hands and a nice big loop and elbow no one's seeing me kick him out and yet mate and as soon as I start the world is the, the, the whole UFC roster, there won't be no one left. I love It'll it. It'll be me against me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just people paying pay-per-view <laughs> money to watch that in himself. front of a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> if I tell you something, you'll laugh his head off now. When I, when I actually was in his guard, he was punching me in the crowd. Was, I was thinking of starting to punch myself. Just like, come on. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> Getting nowhere, so I'm gonna give you a little bit of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Pan Zanibio, yeah, you called him out. He were, yeah. we saw him up in Glasgow, mate. Is he next? Yeah. Is he obviously he's next on your radar? But what's the noises from UFC? Are they gonna give him yeah. you? At the end of the day, mate, nothing's impossible. We've all seen that. Let's, let's put an example out there with Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? Yeah. You always have to go back to him. I know he's ranked. I think he's number nine. That's, yeah. that's a that's a big position, obviously. But you know, you've got to look at him. You've got to look at me. You know, I, I'm undefeated, mate. You know, and I know things like that don't mean nothing. And I, you know, sometimes I look and they always put on about who's got the best record. And you've seen Khabib's got the best record, and then I'm second. And that's a little bit of that's proud to see my name there. You know what I mean, mate? So just. I want, I want to call him out. I want the fight to happen because I know the fight would be a great fight. He, you know, he thinks he's the best striker. He comes to strike. He doesn't come to do anything else. I come to strike. So, you know, let, 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 let's settle it. Yeah. I, I want that fight. I really do. And, you know, I don't know if he wants it or not, mate. He, he's probably looking at further, you know, further down the, 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 the rankings or mm. whatever. But you've got, to get a, you've got to get past a guy like me now in the world to play this because I'm a name to be reckoned with, mate. It's not like, you know... Everyone knows me now. Yeah, mm. exactly. People are talking about you. And that's the, that was the good thing about you calling out Ponzinibbio because, yeah. as Adam points out, you know, everyone over in the States is talking about you. Everyone worldwide now is talking about this fight. So yeah. at some stage, whether it's this week or next week, someone is going to walk up to Ponzinibbio with a tape recorder or a microphone yeah. and say, do you know you've just been called out by Dan Till? And he's got yeah. to respond to that. Then he's yeah, got to, I, your name's got to cross his lips. Yeah, it's got to. And it doesn't matter how cross if he says, oh, Till 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 shouldn't be fighting yet because I'm number nine. But rankings don't mean rankings no. don't mean anything. As he knows, he's just fought Gunny Nelson and took Gunny yeah. Nelson's rank, and he wasn't ranked. Yeah. He wasn't ranked, and Conor Conor McGregor fought Dennis Seaver. Dennis Seaver wasn't ranked when Conor took him, and then mm-hmm. Conor fought Jose Aldo. How does that work out? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, so it, it, crazier things have happened, mate. So I want that fight. That, that, that's that's my goal now. I don't yeah. want anyone else. I don't. You know, I I couldn't stand there and start calling a guy like Stephen Thompson out. You know, he's one of the best in the division because that guy's number two. Yeah. Who am I to call him number two? But I've got I've got to have a con, you know a head on me as well, head on my shoulders. As much as I know I'm the greatest, on the, you know this, that, and the other. But uh, you know, I thought I think that Santiago is the, the suitable suitable opponent. He, he he is one of the best strikers in the division. He says he is. I I think and know I am. What is everyone waiting for? What shall we waiting for? Make that fight right now. Nice man. You know, Listen, so, how yeah. good? How uh, how was that Sunday roast yesterday? Was it good? Oh mate, honest <laughs> to God, you don't understand. <laughs> you just don't understand. Oh, was it back around at your mum's or did you go out no, or what? No, well, what what it was? It, um, you know, Gillies, don't you, Nick? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, we went for a carvery, you know, weeks and weeks ago, and it was lovely. And then 
but we were full, so we didn't end up eating the, all of it. And then we were like, when we left, we were like, we should have ate that. And I was like, yeah. And then straight on the Monday, I was in like, you know, me eight week dieting. So like, that was basically over. And that it? was gone, yeah. It's weird. Like, I know you're this about you fighters probably told before, but we all have, every fight camp, we'll have a different craving, you know, for food. Mm-hmm. So like, I just kept craving, like, roast dinner and that. And then his, his girlfriend, you know, she's one of my mates, she, we grew up together. She's like, I'll make you one after the fight. So, Obviously, Rotterdam's only an hour away. So when when I was on the plane, she, he 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 texted me and he was like, "The roasties are in, lad. The roasties are in, lad. <laughs> five o'clock at hours, and I, honestly, me and me just lit up, and I just went there, mate, and I just started, and you know, it was a it was, it was like, a pro- it was a proper dish, that man. They they piled it up for you. They didn't mess oh, about, did they? Mate, it was a f- honest to God, it was. I'm not going to say it was better than mum's because she'll smack me. <laughs> you know, it was up there. It was a Christmas dinner caliber, was it? Yeah, all the Timmons. Yeah. Mate, everything, it had everything, honestly. Mate, honestly, you don't understand, Nick. You do not understand what it was. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Top, man. Listen, enjoy the spoils, my man, oh. and we're looking forward to seeing you back in the Octagon dead soon. Boys, take care of yourselves, all right? Take care, lad. All the best, mate. Uh, Great performance. Thanks to that. What a lad he is, isn't he? Brilliant. I love it. How can you not like him? Even if you're listening to this, aware from Merseyside. Yeah, okay, he's got a big following here. People on Merseyside absolutely love him. But if you're just a general fan of the UFC, how can you not love Darren Till? Like we said, the guys in the States are absolutely buzzing off him. Yep. It's a unique sense of humour, uh, Liverpoolian humour, and they're getting him, they're understanding yep. him, they're taking him hopefully to the next level. I can't wait. I hope that... Uh, he's 24, Adam. He's 24 and when, years of age. Do you know age. something? The more I think about that, the more bizarre it is. Because not necessarily what he's doing in the ring. I look at him. He's a, he's a block. You know what I mean? When he's around us, he's a guy. Yeah, a yeah. proper, bonafide block. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's huge, yeah. For him to only be still a, a relative baby in this world yeah. when it comes to fight sports, yeah. God knows what it's going to be yeah, like in the next four that, years. That's it. In, in in terms of life experience, he's young, but in terms of fight sports, he's a bit of a vet. You know, he's had 16 MMA fights now. He's had over 40 tie fights, including world title mm. fights and everything else when he was a teenager. that's I think that's, and you touched on this on the commentary, that's where the confidence comes from, that swagger, that ability to go in there, shake your head at your opponent, have your hands by your sides. As he said, you know, punch yourself in the face to give your opponent... But knock your opponent down instead of jumping on to finish the fight. Stand back and go, go on, son, get back up. You know, that's to have that kind of confidence only comes from having 60 fights mm. and knowing you can compete at a really high level. Uh, we're going to uh, move on to boxing next because uh, Nick Quigley um, is our next guest on the show. He's been uh, doing a little bit of a thing in the doghouse. Yep. Knocking about with the Mayweathers. Uh, we're going to uh, have a little bit of a chat with him next, right here on Radio City Talks. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Right, we've done UFC. Let's move back to the squared circle now and get a man on the phone who I've known for an awful long time. One of the one of the other fighting families from Liverpool, not the Smiths. I'm talking about the Quigleys mm. from Kirby, from Tower Hill, up that neck of the woods. Uh, Nick is back in the ring. Uh, it's been a while. We haven't seen him for a long time. No, no, no. We knew that start of this year, end of last year, I think it was. He was over at Mayweather's gym for almost a month. He was chaining in a doghouse. He come back with big expectations, hopefully getting a deal, hopefully getting fights over there. Because I, I remember texting him saying, Nick, if you can get a fight in Las Vegas, you become the first scouser ever to box in Las Vegas. And he was super excited about that. But just didn't happen. It's just kind of petered out at him. He's been back in the gym here. He's been ticking over. I've been following his social media. He's like, I'm just waiting for a call, just waiting for a call. Thankfully, the call's come. The call's come. Nick Quigley's got a fight. Well, I thought you said that the call is coming from us because we're about to ring him. Well, let's call him as well. Yeah, we'll get him <laughs> let's on find the out show. what it is. <laughs> Hello, you're right, Nick. I'm good, thanks, mate. Where are you, Nick? Are you still in London or? I'm I'm in an um, in ancient ancient uh, cost of coffee. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I like your start. I thought you'd be in London. I <laughs> oh, no, no, I I've been down there working away, but I'm I'm back home now. So we've just listen. I've just set the scene for you there, Nick. Before we even got you on the phone, but I was telling that you know I was telling the listeners about your training at the doing the doghouse thing, doing the whole Mayweather thing. That didn't kind of work out, but now we've got some some actual fight news. What's going on? Yeah, well, I got a I got a phone call off me um, off me manager in the early hours saying uh, there's a fight there if you want it um, against Gary O'Sullivan or Spike O'Sullivan. Yep, nice. Um, so. I had a little look at his record. Seeing, seeing he's he's a he's a he's a good fighter, like sixty five percent knockout ratio or something like that. Yep. And um, I seen he's been in with some good names as well. Mm. But I believe we've got the beating of him. So I spoke to my dad about it, and he he, he believed the same. So we decided to accept the fight. 
Where you do? Where you doing it, Nick? Because he's doing quite a bit over in the states. Obviously, you've been over there. Are you doing it in the states? Are you doing it over here? Where are you doing it? Oh, it's in it's in Boston, in um, in in America. Okay, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big big thing traveling that 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 far. Yeah, of course. I've I've been out the ring for a, a very long time. Um, I think by the time it comes to fight, it'll be nineteen months out the ring, which wow. which is a long time, but. I believe some people have easy paths, some people have hard paths. I've just got a hard path. But what, what's been the delay, Nick? How come you've been out in action, out of action for so long? Uh, well, I, when, when I was fighting um, just under two years ago, I, I, I had a, um, I had three, three or four fights, and, and I won them all. Yeah. No, no, against no one, no massive names, but but I was getting back in the. Getting back in the mix of it, I, of course, had a, had a long spell out before that as well. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't um, expecting to fight any big names straight away, but then I had a bit of uh, bad luck with my manager, and um, things just kept messing up for me and messing up, and it did get disheartening for a for a, a very long time. I felt like a lifetime, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, I just just stuck with it and, and grinded it out. Just going to the gym every every day, just training with me that. I just believe in that if I keep knocking on the door, eventually someone will open it. And eventually, I, I, obviously, I've, I've got my own way. Yeah, of course, yeah. Give me chance. I think most yeah. uh, most fight fans will remember you, you know, mostly from the the Eric Ochang fight, which was a great fight down in Bethnal Green. Uh, that was for the that was for the English belt, wasn't it? English super welterweight title belt. But that was back in two thousand and twelve, Nick. And it's just like you know. That, that momentum that you got from that fight, okay, you got you didn't get the win on that night, but it was such a great fight and such a gr- strong performance from yourself. It just feels like you weren't able to keep the, keep going then and capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it, that that fight that that was obviously a great fight for the fans. Uh, looking at it now, very frustrating because I know and I know I could have won it, yeah. and I just went into it. Young macho thinking no one can knock me out because I, I know, like I know I've got a good chin. Yeah, uh, touch wood, I've still got a good chin. <laughs> um, so I went in there and, and my defense. I didn't. I wasn't bothered about my defense. I just wanted to go out there and have have a war, yeah. which which what I was known for, and I was sort of playing up to the crowd, and I, I didn't use my brain. I'm frustrating looking back because I could have outboxed him, and I, I just didn't. Just went in total so after the war. Uh, but I like to think everything happens for a reason, and I've learned from that fight. And I've learned it's it's well and good having a good chin, but you don't want to be want to be testing your chin all the time. You don't you test it when it's you got no choice yeah, yeah. to be tested. Yeah. So what, 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 how will this camp play out then, Nick? Obviously, September the thirtieth is what I'm hearing. It's a, it's a Golden Boy promotion show. It's live on ESPN in America. So massive opportunity for you. Uh, this card. So, how, how will you plan out the next few weeks for this fight? Will you will you stay at home? When will you go to the states? Who will you bring in for sparring? All that kind of stuff. Because when you've been out as long as you have, your sparring's going to be so important for this fight. Oh yeah, it's, it's very important. Well, I've I've had um, I've my sparring starters. I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I've been training with my dad twice twice a day yep. in um, in ABC in Liverpool. Um, been training hard. Uh, the plan is, I've just booked my flights to Vegas on Sunday, so I'm gonna fly out, fly out to Vegas Sunday morning, yeah. stay to um, stay to where my manager is based, and he, he's based in, in Mayweather's gym. So nice. I'm gonna go straight there, do a, a week of training in, in in Mayweather's gym, and then I think after a week head to Boston and maybe do a couple more rounds of sparring with some some lads up there, but. As you can imagine, the sparring in Mayweather's gym, it's, it's, it's great, great sparring, and, yeah. and um, I think that that will be the finishing touch mm-hmm. in the camp. Are you um, are you going to be taking your new scarf um, over there, Nick? Because that's a that's a beautiful piece of uh, machinery. I actually thought that you were going to maybe uh, uh, start a modelling career. Um, um, I thought Nick was a model. Don't you work as a model, Nick? He must be doing. He must be doing a bit with some of the clubber that I've seen I'm him on his social you. media, man. I'm telling you, he's no, kitted this. He's kid. got rich tastes. <laughs> no, I never never call myself a model. I've done a couple of photo shoots. Yeah, there it is. It is, buddy. Yeah, I've, I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at him brushing that under the carpet. No, don't talk about it. Stop it. Yeah, no, none of that. No, I've, I don't get me wrong. I'm a bit of a girl. I do like home fashion and all that. But no, I'm far from a Muslim. I'm a fighter through and through. And it's boxing is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. It's the only thing I've ever known. What I, like 
ever since leaving school, I've, I still don't know what I want to do to this day, except for fighting. That's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. So if if it me get my face messed up and a couple of the tough fights get me where I want to be, then that's fine. I've got no modeling career means nothing to me. Honest with you, it'll all add to it, yeah. It'll all add to it, you know what yeah. I mean. He gets a few wins, you watch him, he'll be on the Gucci, exactly, he'll, he'll be giving yeah. it, he'll be giving it a the lot. The ring will be long gone, he'll just no, be uh, yeah, Gucci, and know. yeah, yeah. Never know, my dad's had a look, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Listen, Spike O'Sullivan knows obviously, you know, he's a step up opponent. The guys, I think the only losses on his record are against Billy Joe Saunders and Chris Eubank Jr., so he's mixed in good company. It is a step up, we know it's a step up, uh, but obviously, yeah. you, you said at the start of the show, you and your dad have looked at it, you fancy the fight. What, what is it about him that you fancy, or do you just think it's you know, everything works out for a reason, opportunity knocks, and you couldn't turn it down? Yeah, well, the. Yeah, I, it's a big opportunity, and I, I've been waiting a long time for for an opportunity like this. Um, there's no denying it. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a tough fight, and I'm I'm under no no illusion, and I know it's chances are it's going to be it's going to be the the fight's going to go the distance, and it's it's going to be a grueler. But I believe I've got the hunger to to get me the win. Yeah, because I, I what 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 I've been through and. And the fact I'm still here and I'm still training like 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 I have been from day one, that that, that tells me I'm 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 just I'm I've never been so hungry for the, for for the win and and for the chance for a a good good chance of having a career. Yeah, is it going to be eight eight rounds, Nick, or ten? Is it middleweight? Uh, is it super middle? It, this is a ten round at middleweight, which mm. is a, eleven stone six, one hundred and sixty pounds. You need to stay off them coffees then, son, and them cakes. Oh, stay out of them shops, lad. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sick. My weight's uh, quite good, to be honest with you, considering uh, I haven't exactly had a, a lot of notice for this fight. My mm. weight's good. So that's that's no issue. Nice. Good. How's um, how's your kid doing? Because uh, you've got a new addition to the family. Little Georgie's come along. Oh, yeah, little Georgie. Yeah, he's, he's made up. He's, he's, he's happy with his family. He's... Um, Put, training hard as usual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting, it, putting in the graft, but he, he he's happy with his with his family, and he's he's um he's just waiting on a, a date for a the next fight. I now. know this is like a this is the frustrating thing from the outside from a fight fan, but you know. Oh, it's just been like forever for the last five years or whatever. It's like every time I speak about a Quigley boxer, we're waiting for a fight date. Yeah. We're waiting for opportunities. I hope just now this is the beginning of something that you and your kid can really get the ball rolling and get busy because that's all you need is just fights. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I believe in in the boxing world, a lot of your career comes down to luck and being there at the right place and maybe being seen by the right faces. Yeah. I'm hoping this is our this is our chance to, as you say, get the ball rolling mm. and 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 just 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 show the world what we can do mm. and what we've committed so much of our life to because we really have put in the work our whole whole lives mm. been fighting since I don't know con- contact sport we were in the gym by four yeah and um, doing karate obviously we 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 went to boxing as well and then we done cage fighting in the wolf's lair yeah uh we've obviously back to boxing we've, we've we've done it all do you know what i mean we have put in the work and i think it's only fair that we we get a chance to to show people what we can do and obviously earn a decent living as well off it yeah absolutely well, listen live on espn mate opportunity mm. knocks that's what we want yeah that's it top man Nick, nice one, mate. Listen, if you're uh, if you're not using that scarf over winter, give us a shout. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> Listen, all the best, mate, in Boston. Take care, pal. Speak to all you right. soon, Nick. All the best, my mate. Speak to you soon. Bye. Ta-da, love, mate. Top man. He sounded good spirits, doesn't he? I mean, that must be incredibly yeah. frustrating for the kid because, yeah. like you say, he's been out for a long period of time. And and you mentioned it rightly there. His brother John. Same story, really. I know, exactly. You know, because last time John was out, he looked an absolute million dollars. Yeah, he didn't get the decision, but he was in an absolute brilliant fight. You thought yeah. to yourself that straight away well, your promoter didn't gonna get the go. decisions because he got caught with a couple of knockdowns. The, but he, the, he won more rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked great. It was just the but fact think that he wasn't the, as razor sharp. You think off the back of that though, promoters go, let's get you out straight away again. Exactly. Son. Let's keep that momentum going because he's different. He fights. You know, that, I'm talking about John specifically. John fights very different. Yeah, you know, yeah. he isn't your standard fighter. His style is very, very unorthodox. Nick's style is a lot more. A lot more regimen, if you like. Yeah. yeah, a lot more traditional. 
But what Nick's got, well, a lot of fighters don't have, is that he's got heart. He's got it in there. You know that. Looking at his record, he's been his his, his record, his his career has been so stop start. You think, why is this kid even still bothering? Mm. But as he's just put it in the head, he, he's a fighter. He's a fighter to the end. So massive opportunity for him. This huge opportunity. You know, as mm. I say, Spike O'Sullivan only ever lost twice. Do like Spike. Both them against world class kid. kids. He's a good guy. He, he interacts with us quite a lot on yeah. our, our social media. Well, Spike, get a good, we wish him all the best. Listen, and I think they'll sell that well as well. Yeah. They'll sell that well. Nick can talk. Spike can talk. He can mm. Build that up to be something special, but op- live on ESPN, you know that Nick's going to make that opportunity count. He's live on American TV on an Oscar De La Hoya show. He's got to put in a big performance. Mm, looking forward to it, man. September the thirtieth, we will keep you up to date as we uh, build up towards that because boxing season is well and truly underway now. Um, as we build towards the World Boxing Super Series, which gets underway this weekend. It's obviously coming to Liverpool the weekend after. We've got a big show on the same night that Nick's obviously in Boston. At the back end of the month where we've seen it, we're going to see Masher and Tom Stoker go toe-to-toe. Dead looking forward to that. There's lots coming up for Liverpool fight fans. And we've got a bit of an announcement. You probably already know this if you're a fan of it, but we've got a bit of an announcement coming up in part three regarding Cage Warriors. It's coming back to Liverpool. And why wouldn't it? Because we've got Paddy the Baddy. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Now, before we move on to Paddy the Baddy, before we mention this big Cage Warriors card coming up at the Echo Arena, uh, I just want to look back again to the weekend. Obviously, we touched on Darren Till in the first part of the show and his winner with uh, the UFC over in Rotterdam. But there was a card in Doncaster that featured three scousers at the weekend as well. Uh, The Doncaster Dome. Um, and it was it, it featured in the, in the main event, Central Area Super Featherweight title fight with Ryan Moorhead, who we met just a few weeks ago at down at Denny's Gym. We yeah, seen him nice taking kid. over there. He went over to uh, to Marbella to finish off his camp as well, with doing a bit of work with with Danny Vaughan. He travelled down to Doncaster to fight local favourite Maxi Hughes for the Central Area Featherweight belt. Cracking little fight, actually. Unfortunately, the fight didn't go Ryan's way. To be honest, you know, I, I haven't spoken to, to Derry or, or to the camp since the fight, but watching the fight myself, I kind of thought that Ryan didn't, you know, quite get into it as mm. much as we'd hoped. Obviously, we, we come away. we seen him training last week, Adam, didn't we? And we were saying, kid looks good, kid looks nice and sharp, you know, and Derry was very confident going into that fight. But it just didn't feel like he got into his rhythm too much. Now, I think that's, whether you put that down to the fact he's only a 10-11 fight, relative novice new to the pro game and Maxi Hughes been around for a little bit longer I think he's had about 20 fights now maybe that's what it was yeah you know the hometown mm. favorite kind of started a little bit fresher put Ryan in some uncomfortable positions but listen it's one of them you know Conor McGregor coined the term but it's not an L it's not a loss it's a lane uh, I think Ryan will definitely come back from this and as a team they'll have learned as well from this but they did have a win at the weekend they did have a good win and that was the cruiserweight Craig Glover mm. Bellews boy. Yeah, now how impressed were we at that kid when we watched them hitting pads a few weeks ago? He fought uh, on the undercard as well. He fought a guy called uh, Mitch Mitchell uh, and got got himself back on on winning track with a second round TKO. Listen, we're bi- we're biased, right? Towards this, and we, we make no bones no, about this. Is this is the Radio City Talk Show for Merseyside, yeah, so but, we support yeah, Merseyside fighters. But if you're listening outside of Merseyside, if you're listening via uh, fightdisciples.com or iTunes or however you download this via the podcast and whatever, you might think that we're being OTT. But regarding this particular kid, regarding Craig, I've like like you said, we saw him in the gym, we see him do his thing, and you. It's a lot different, obviously, when you go under the lights and it's actual fight night. We've seen so many fighters that look a million dollars in the gym that don't necessarily transcend and do it when they get in under the lights. But this particular kid, we've seen him on a couple of occasions now, and every single time he seems to be improving, he seems to be getting better and better, and there's a lot, there's people in this world, in the boxing world, that know a lot more than I do. For example, Derry Matthews, for example, Tony Bellew, that are excited and it's genuine excitement about this kid. Normally, you have a conversation with someone and you can see him bullying somebody up. You know what I mean? You can see yep. him egging something up in order to sell it to me, to get him on the show, in order to then give him a platform. This is different. There's genuine chat about this kid that he's going to go onto very, very high levels. Um, not just necessarily British domestic, but we're talking world level. That's what they're talking already. I know that's maybe jumping ahead of ourselves and getting yep. too far ahead. But the excitement is that the potential for Craig Glover is that he could mix it 
at the very, very highest level in boxing. Yeah, I mean, you think about a kid that with, with a, you know, a, not a ton of amateur experience as well. I think that's why he's kind of going under the radar. Yeah. I think they're trying their best to keep him under the radar yeah, so he so. can keep yeah, learning. Yeah. Because but, normally, like you say, we, we've been in this situation before where people are shoving fighters under our noses, say, get yeah, them on yeah. your show, we want them on your show, can, you, can they be on your show? Yeah. And Derry's technically the show. Derry's on the show. He's presented the show. And he's like, just hold him back a Who's little bit. Is that over there on the pads? Not no, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Look like, away. He's genuinely like that. He's like, going, just hold back. You know what I mean? No, don't go too OTT on him because we reckon he's going to be massive and we don't want to go too early yeah. on this. You know what I mean? We don't want people sticking their noses in. And that's, that's where we're at at the moment with Craig. Yep. So when that happens, you can... I look at that and go... Something real's going on over there. Exactly. They're trying to keep him off us. Well, listen, Tony Bell, you manages one fighter other than himself, and mm. that's Craig Glover mm. in a similar weight division. And that's because one day Craig came up to do a bit of work with Tony Bell. You, Bell, you took one look at him and said, who's your manager? And so that should tell you everything about the game. That should tell you everything. Obviously, Tony's probably doing it because he wants to give him his advice, but obviously Tony's only getting involved because he thinks this kid's going to go all the way. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So it was good to see him at the weekend. And listen... <laughs> I want to touch on it. The cruiserweight division in the UK, the light heavyweight cruiserweight divisions, there's there's quite a few Craig Glover-type characters around yeah. the country. It's red hot. Mm. In two or three years' t- time, the light heavy and cruiserweight division in the UK, which are famously not gl- glamorous divisions, are they? Let's be honest. We haven't got this rich history of incredible champions at light heavy and mm. cruiserweight and have these incredible domestic showdowns. But just look at the top t- top 20, top 30s at light heavy and cruiser now. When you're talking about... Can I just point of- out, if, if David Hayes listening, we apologise. You were an extremely good cruiserweight becoming the uh, undisputed champion of but the world. But there was like... Him and Enzo, but, that yeah. was it. There was that bit of rivalry, and he blew Enzo away. What I mean is, we didn't have like a, a you know, like a, a Collins, a Ben, a Eubank. You know, we didn't have. You're after really the four kings like again, that. aren't you? You're after going back to well, the times it. of Leonard and Duran and well, Hearns and Hagler. That's, that's what, what I mean. Want, I'm you? predicting now that the light heavy and cruiserweight divisions in the UK in two or three years' time mm. could well be the best divisions, the most competitive divisions. Yeah, yeah. Could have multiple world title contenders in there. And obviously, Craig Glover, obviously, he's not got a rich history. But we're going off what people work in the gym with them every day with far more experience in the gym. Mm. Are saying we're going, wow, this, this kid is interesting. But then you throw in the mix the likes of, you know, all the, the kids who fought at the weekend, the likes of Acoli and Anthony Yard and all these light heavies and cruiserweights, all these former Olympians that are now uh, making their early early roads into the game as well, like Glover is. It's exciting, man. That cruiserweight division, I'm telling you, that could be huge in two years' time. That could be the division for UK uh, boxing. And who's going to be there? Bellew, the Oscar De La Hoya of Merseyside. Yeah. He'll be there, won't he? You better believe he will. Cheddar cheese! You better believe he will. Love Listen, it. before we move on, before we move on about that card as well, I've got to say a special mention for JJ, J Bam Bam Carney, uh, who also fights out of Liverpool. He also fought on that Doncaster Bill at the weekend. He fought Jason Cunningham, the current Commonwealth featherweight champion. Listen, Jay Carney, Actually went to my school, my old school. He, he grew up in my neighbourhood. Can I just uh, point out a, a few years after Nick? Oh yeah, he's a few years younger than me. Yeah, exactly. I taught him. I was a geography teacher. No, he's about ten years younger than me. Yeah, but he uh, he fought at the weekend. As I say, took on the Commonwealth champion. Took the fight at late notice. Listen, Jay Carney. He hasn't got again another kid without this huge amateur background. You know, this is a guy that came to boxing very late in the game. Yet he goes the distance with the Commonwealth champion. Apparently, he was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic at the weekend. Our little Foz was down there, as you know, our roving reporter. Mm. He was at the event. First thing he texted me at the fight, he went, Jay Carney is absolutely boxing out of his skin. He's doing brilliant. And uh, so I want to do a shout out to Bam Bam, his entire corner team. I know they were over the moon. They went down there. They went, took it at late notice. They proved everybody wrong. They proved the fact that Jay Carney's had an exciting future in this sport. And uh, all credit to him, man. Mm. Awesome stuff. Again, this is another bias statement, but just keep your eyes on Derry's gym because they're cooking some stuff down there, man. Let me tell you, they are cooking some stuff. And I think over the next couple of years, you just might start to see the fruits yeah. of the labour that they are currently putting in. Obviously, the secret source is George Vaughan. George Vaughan has got more experience than most trainers in the entire Stop country. There. That's the problem. I refuse to mention Georgie on here because he, refu- <laughs> because he refuses to speak to me, right? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but listen... You're relatively new to covering Merseyside fight sports. The last couple of years, you've been you've covered sports forever, but Merseyside specific fight sports, you're relatively new. I've been on this patch twenty years, and George won't do an interview with me, <laughs> and he probably knows me better than any media man who's ever known him. But that's just the way George Vaughan is. You know, mm. one day 
It was one day, highly amusing a- being in Derry's gym when Georgie was knocking about, right? One, Derry didn't tell him that we were coming down, otherwise Georgie wouldn't have turned up just in case we'd stuck a microphone in his face, which obviously he wouldn't have spoken anyway. Yep. But it's highly amusing when you walk in there and it's like, do you know like when people walk into a country and western scene when you walk into the room and the yep. music stops? Yep. That's what it's like. You walk into the gym, the music stops, Georgie looks around and he goes, there's people with microphones who's invited them. Who's this lad? He's like yeah. doing a full interrogation of who you are. Yeah. Now, keep them over that end of the gym. They're nothing to do with me, them. I'm not having anything. <laughs> yeah, but we want to we want to pick your brains and talk about your expertise and all these great fighters that you're training. Nothing to do with me, mate. Speak to them. <laughs> yeah. He's a man of few words, George. To anyone outside of that in a boxing circle. And as I say, I've been turning up at gyms with microphones around George for literally 18 years. And George, one of the nicest fellas in the world, knows more than most people would ever know. Has forgotten more than most people will ever know, shall I say. And even then, he's always lovely and pleasant with me. But every time, any George, any chance of a day? Nah. No chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Let's talk Cage Warriors, because... On Tuesday nights, this is all about the the fight scene on Merseyside. It's not just about boxing and uh, the UFC in particular, uh, but there are other um, big fight organisations that do come to our city, and one has got um, the next superstar of mixed martial arts, we think, anyway, uh, in Paddy the Baddy. Cage Warriors is the uh, promotional outfit, and they are coming back. They love Liverpool, don't they? Mainly because they love Paddy the Baddy, and he sells the gaff out for fun. Yeah, exactly, you know, and uh, in a time when, you know, fight sport is, is, is thriving globally, but domestically we're hearing ticket sales are a bit slow here and there. It doesn't surprise me that Cage Warriors are coming back to Liverpool because I've said it before, I've been on record of saying it, I, I wrote an article about it, uh, I've been on this, you know, wax lyrical on a podcast about it, but Paddy the Baddy brings in an audience that I've never, ever seen before in, in two decades of covering this game all over the world, mm. and that is the the young under 18 market. It's incredible the type of bums he puts on seats. Kids that should be watching CBeebies are out on a Saturday night in Liverpool. With the dads, to with watch the mums, Paddy Daddy. with their uncles, aunties. Exactly, to watch Paddy the Baddy, no other reason. And uh, listen, obviously he lost his, his title last time out. I'm not worried about that. Paddy is like, tw- he's about, what is he, 21, 22? Mm, mm. He's a baby anyway. You know, again, undefeated records, they're not like they are in boxing. You don't lose a couple of fights and suddenly everyone forgets to buy you. That's not how this works. And to be honest, Paddy should be losing now. His game isn't rounded enough. I know we, we've talked previously about him going to the UFC. Iman mm. Fishy, Chris Fishgold, incidentally headlines this card, defending his lightweight belt, his teammate. They're both on this card. But in terms of Paddy, he needs that growth now. He needs to know he's not, you know, it'd be wrong to say he's not UFC ready. But what I'm trying to say is he's got the the youth on his side to extend his game, to open himself up mm. and to fight the type of opponents. He needs to fight a bit of everyone. He's fought an American wrestler. He's fought a jiu-jitsu guy. He's fought a striker. That's what you need to do now. Test his waters, test his strengths in different departments and let's see him grow. And that loss, no, no. In terms of that loss, he went into that fight for me that his last time out, and I said to you, didn't I? Tough fight, this. Mm. Tough fight. Like The guy who was fighting, Nad, who's now the, ta- the champion, veteran of the game, I knew that was going to be tough for Paddy. But what Paddy needs to learn from, I mentioned this to him afterwards, was uh, you know he, he's practically sold out the Echo Arena. It's got kids in there who should be watching CBBS. As I say, about, the average age was about seventeen, which is phenomenal because it shows he's got a market there that can grow for years to come. But what he needs to learn, and and and, and I said this to him, as I say. He can't corner all his teammates during the fight. He can't walk around the arena signing autographs and waving at people and taking selfies. He was the main event that night. He's the co-main this time, but he was the main event. He needs to act like the main event. You know, you didn't see Tony Bellew walking around Goodison Park before he fought for the world title. He was down in the changing rooms, getting his head round it, getting himself Mm. psychologically ready. And that's what Paddy needs to learn. He needs to be more focused on where does it long-term goals are. I think. I'm looking forward to uh, the performance. This is October 28th, by the way. This is when this is going down in Liverpool. Um, I'm looking forward to this performance more so because he is coming off the back of a defeat mm-hmm. and I want to know um, whether he has developed a striking game because yeah. we've mentioned this on many, many times, haven't we? When we talk about uh, the UFC and mixed martial arts on our uh, Thursday show, you can get it on fightdisciples.com. He's brilliant on the deck. Absolutely sensational on the deck. But because he's so sensational on the deck and he's putting kids away with submissions and all this type of stuff, and the crowd that we're talking about, that can sometimes play, especially on a young lad, he plays on them that he, oh, they want to see a knockout, right? I've got to give them a knockout. But his speciality is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Get in there and do your thing and get the win. 
But like you said, this is a perfect opportunity for him to now grow and round his game up properly. So I want to know where he's at now with his striking game. He, he lost to a striker last time out. Yep. Let's see where you're at now, he lost, mate. He lost on his feet, yeah, he got outboxed. So mm. he's he's got to show that development now. That's the whole point. You know, it wasn't a loss, it was a lane. Mm. Well, let's see it. Let's make sure he has learned. You've got to. He's got to show us now that he's capable on his feet to get where he wants to be. Mm. He hasn't got to knock the guy out, but he's got to be able to engage. Uh, he's got to be able to on his use feet it, yeah. to get close enough to pull guard or take the guy down and submit him. That's what we want to see from Paddy now. Exactly he's got to keep evolving. See, yeah. He's got to keep evolving. But I'd say the main event, Chris Fish, Goldwell. What you tell me? Why this guy's not in the UFC already? Surely he's, he must be getting great money at Cage Warriors because this guy's got UFC written all over him. And then the rest of the cards actually packed with scousers as well. Molly Meatball McCann's back on there again and uh, another good mate of the show Lee Chadwick the butcher mm. uh, hopefully he's going to get a middleweight title shot soon but he, but he looked phenomenal in his last fight so hopefully Lee gets the uh, Lee gets a middleweight title shot in Cage Warriors it hasn't been confirmed for this fight but it would be nice to see at least an official eliminator but anyway that that's a good card it's packed with scousers I'm looking forward to it We'll keep you up to date with ticket sales on that and when you can get your tickets. October 28th at the Echo Arena, Cage Warriors is back on Merseyside. Uh, back on Merseyside, a week of Saturday, is Callum Smith. He is uh, entering into the World Boxing Super Series, which gets underway this weekend, by the way. It's the cruiserweights that uh, get it all underway this weekend. Um, our tip for the cruiserweight uh, title, or titles, seems that there's four in there, uh, is uh, our boy Alexander Usyk. He's fighting this weekend, but next weekend the super middleweights get underway and it's happening here in Liverpool. Get yourself a ticket, get yourself down there and show some support to our boy uh, Callum Smith. He's taking on Eric Scoglin. It's going to be an absolute cracking fight, but I think Callum will have enough to come through that. On the undercard, great to see Martin Murray. He's yep. a, his opponent now confirmed. Armand Torosian. Aye. There we well go. Well pronounced. Thank you. I've been practising that one. Well pronounced, yeah. I uh, I headed up, you know me, I had a morning off last week, so I drove to Bolton to mm. watch a bit of sparring. As you do. As you do. Because uh, I knew Martin was sparring up in Bolton last Wednesday, so I popped up there just to see how he was, and he was looking great. Obviously, he was back off his holiday. He was looking forward to this event. Um, and he's, you know, if you don't know, he's actually first reserve, because the thing with the World Boxing Super Series is, obviously... Uh, these guys are in a, a round-robin elimination tournament. And, you know, if you win, your quarter, we're about to start the quarterfinals next week. You win your quarterfinal, you're into the semis. You win that, you're into the final, obviously. But it's imperative you actually make weight because if you don't make weight, mm. you can't be in a super middleweight tournament because officially, whether it's the quarterfinals or not, you've not made There's still a championship belt on the line. Exactly, yeah. So... Uh, that's why Martin is on the undercard because just in case Callum or Scogland and these guys, Scogland's a big guy, so there may be an issue there. Callum's never missed weight, so it's not a problem. But if either of these guys struggle to make twelve stone, then Martin Murray could well be catapulted into the main event. So I was chatting to him about that, but he's nice and confident. He's looking forward to it. He obviously sees his long term future at middleweight, mm. but opportunity knocked here to keep nice and busy on the undercard. Mm. So. Going to be interesting that that, all get, that well, like I say, gets underway this weekend, and the Liverpool card. Uh, is September 16th, of which we will be speaking about on next week's show. So yep. make sure... And we'll be talking about this weekend's Cruiserweight opener on our, on tomorrow's show, won't we? On our boxing show. That's we'll right, a, yeah. little, a, little, a little buzz about that. Uh, fightdisciples.com. Make sure you subscribe to us. You can come and get us uh, three times a week now. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. We do, obviously, this show for Tuesday. Wednesday's all about boxing. And on Thursday, we get stuck into the world of UFC. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.